Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. I'm Father Jim. I'm an assisting priest here. This is my first time to speak with you. And I wanted to thank all of you for your warm reception of me over the last weeks as I have served in other ways. Today is Mother's Day, and I wish a happy Mother's Day to each of you. Today is Good Shepherd Sunday. It's the fourth Sunday of Easter. Each year, this time, we have a reading from the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, about the Good Shepherd. Deacon Robert has just read to you a reading from verses 22 through verses 30. So let's just jump right in. Jesus is walking in the colonnade of the temple, on the east side of the temple, a place where he has preached and taught before. And he encounters some detractors, some non-believers, some would say some enemies. And they say to him, Jesus, how long are you going to leave us in suspense? When are you going to tell us? Just come right out with us. Tell us plainly, are you the Christ? And he answers them. And he says, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. And the works that I do in my Father's name, the miracles, you don't believe them either. And then he tells them why they don't believe him. He says, you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I want to tell you a story about a little Christian woman who had a great faith. She was born in 1902 in a little town close to North London. She was raised in a small family. She attended some school. She had some friends. And by 14, she was already working. She was working as a parlor maid. One day, while she was walking down a very crowded, crowded sidewalk, the, the crowd pushed her through the open door of a storefront church. And she was shy, and she really didn't want to disrupt the service. So she just sat down and listened. And she heard the speaker say, Jesus Christ died for you personally. And she received the Lord as her Savior. And she also asked him at the same time, What do you want me to do with my life? She began attending church. She read her Bible. And one day, while looking through a Christian magazine, she noted that there were people in China who had not even heard the word Jesus, certainly had not heard the gospel presented clearly. 
And she thought about it for a while. And then later, at a revival, she heard the Lord speak to her and call her to be a missionary to China. She was so excited. She enrolled in the China Inland Missionary School. And she was there for three months and flunked out. She couldn't learn Chinese. And she wasn't very good at theology either. They told her that she should not reapply. She should not apply to any missionary school. And in fact, she was not cut out to be a missionary at all. She was crushed. She sort of withdrew from people. She was sad. She ended up becoming ill. And her family nursed her back to health. And she began attending church with her mother. And at the end of the service, she overheard two young women in the back of the church talking about a Mrs. Lawson. Jeannie Lawson. She was a widow and a missionary to China. An older lady who was looking for a young assistant to come and join her and eventually take over the mission. She was excited. Now Mrs. Lawson and she talked over some sort of communication, I assume the phone. Now, she was accepted for the position, but she had to earn the money. And it was going to cost her 45 pounds. That's $3,700 in our current money. $3,700. She didn't have but just a few cents. She worked three jobs for a long time. She sold everything she had, even her best shoes. And then, in October of 1930, she headed out on the Trans-Siberian Railway all the way to China, at least she thought. And one day, the train stopped. Everyone had to get off the train because a war was about to break out between Russia and China. So she walked. She was in Siberia. She was cold. She nearly froze. Some missionaries took her in, warmed her up, gave her some food, and helped her to get fare on a ship to Japan. And then later, she got fare on a ship from Japan to China. And then in China, she got on a railroad, and then she got on a mule, and then she walked, and finally, she got to the mission. And when she got there, what she found was the most run-down, dilapidated, terrible, tiny little inn. And worse than that, she didn't like Mrs. Lawson. Any other time, she would have just walked on and said, how do you do? But here she was with no money in the middle of China where she knew she was to be. So they simply had to make a go of it. So they tidied up the inn, and they began to house mule team drivers and their mules. She hated mules. She hated the smell of mules. The work was hard. But as the men sat and ate, they were told Bible stories by Mrs. Lawson and by the Chinese cook. Well, the inn flourished, but 
she began to notice that the cook had a fascination with Noah. Every Bible story he told had Noah. Noah was present at the birth of Jesus Christ. He stood right there with the wise men. And Noah was present at the feeding of the 5,000. And Noah was in the boat when Jesus stood up and said, Peace be still. She knew she had to learn Chinese. And she worked hard, and she did learn Chinese. At first, the people had not seen any European other than Mrs. Lawson, and they didn't trust her. But she began to wear their attire. She learned Chinese better. And she began to go into the provinces. And over time, as she told them stories about Jesus, they began to accept her, and they began to believe her. And in fact, they began to love her. And in fact, they loved her so much, they started giving her children. I don't mean their own children. They were orphans. And she adopted many of them. And she kept taking more and more children back to the end so that finally they were more children than mules. So they had to change the mule team drivers in to an orphanage. The orphanage grew quickly. It expanded And there were all these children. And one day, there was a tragedy. Mrs. Lawson fell to her death. And when Mrs. Lawson died, all the funds from England also died. So here she was in the middle of China with all these children to take care of and no money. One day, the provincial leader showed up in all his regalia with his entourage and said to her, I'm looking for a foot inspector. Yes, a foot inspector. And he explained that the emperor had issued a decree that none of the children are to have their feet bound anymore. That had been an ancient custom, so little girls' feet would not grow. But of course, they would then become crippled. So she said she would take the job. It paid well, but she insisted that she be able to spread the gospel as she went to the provinces to unbind feet. She met many little girls and mothers and families. She unbound a lot of feet. She also unbound a lot of hearts. One day, there was a riot at the prison, and this provincial leader, who knew she was capable, asked her to put down the riot. And you understand, this woman was five feet tall. Everyone else was too afraid to go into the prison, but she entered. She was terrified. And a huge man with an axe drew back to hit her, but a young man called out and said, don't hurt her. She had met him in the provinces as she had gone out to meet families. And she found while she was in the prison that the reason they were rioting is that they had been given half rations. The warden had been stealing the rest of it. Things went well for the orphanage. And then Japan attacked 
China. And when that happened, the children were in great danger. And the only thing that she could think to do was to take them to another orphanage 100 miles away. And as the only adult, she led 100 children on a 100-mile march that took 30 days over a very dangerous mountain pass and eventually got to the Yellow River. And when she got to the Yellow River, she had no idea how she could get these children across the river. And one of the little girls reached up, pulled on her, her coat, and said, Just be like Moses. Just part, like he parted the Red Sea, just part the Yellow River. And she said, Child, I'm not Moses. But she began to pray. And in a while she looked up, and boats were being launched from the other side. All the children were successfully transported by foot or boat to the orphanage 100 miles away. None died, none were seriously injured, and they all lived. And yes, I'm talking about Gladys Aylward. She went on to build two more orphanages, and she is the subject of many books, children's books, short stories, documentaries, and even one movie. I think we'd all agree that Gladys heard the shepherd's voice. He knew her heart. She followed him. And she followed him to the most remote of places. She trusted him, and he trusted her. Her ministry of love has touched many people all over the world. So why is Jesus the good shepherd? He tells us. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And he will lay down his life for you personally. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And he says, I lay down my life that I may take it up again. By his rising from the dead, you may have eternal life. If we confess our sins and ask him to be our good shepherd, he will give to us eternal life. He will call us friend now and he will lead us now. Why should you have faith in Jesus? Why should he be your good shepherd? I'll tell you, if you do not follow him, you will follow some other shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Amen.